This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to yet another episode of HFC Chat. Probably the first one in quite some time that comes after a week. Where we are, let's be honest, lost for words. It follows on from a hammering down in London, a win in the Papa John's, but most importantly and surprisingly, Dave Chalmer is no longer at the club. Before we get into all of that, let's start off on a more positive note as Pools won 1-0 against Everton under-23s on Tuesday night at Victoria Park, which meant we advanced to the next stage of the competition. Davo, I know you were there. You know, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, Obviously, I'm not going to be... You know, too critical. It was a, I wouldn't say a nothing game because obviously, like Sweeney said in his in his interview after the game, it is money for the club. But I thought there were some some positive individual performances. I thought Eddie Jones gave a good account for himself on the left hand side. He was constantly trying to get down, put balls in the area in good places, and you know, people like Goodwin. I thought giving a good account for himself. I thought the first half, and I'd probably say 10, 15 minutes of the second half was quite. Dull. I didn't think there was a lot to talk about for either side. You know, we were getting the balls into good areas, don't get me wrong, but we just lacked that that killer pass. And, you know, it, re- it took really the, to, for the subs to come on. Molyneux came on, and I think that was the, the changer. And obviously, we got the goal from it. But, you know, like you've said, the main thing about it all is that we've advanced to the next stage of the competition, and it's a chance to really, you know, go deep into the competition, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, Matty Daly came on, Dinny scored after about 30 seconds, I think it was. And, and as you say, it's an opportunity to advance in a cup competition, you know, which is vital for the club in terms of finance. And, and it would be nice to see us have a, a good run in the cup. I know Sween said this morning in his um, interview ahead of Wickham, which we'll touch on later, that, you know, our objective is to stay in the FL, but we've got to treat each game as one which we can win and one which we can see as an opportunity to develop as a club, to get further in competitions and get some more important finances, I guess. Um, now on to last weekend and everything that followed, we both made a trip down to the capital with such a huge following as ever away from home. I think it's fair to say it all went well up until about 3pm. I mean... It's one of those games that you're glad you only paid a five or four, put it that way. Um, you know, it, it was just so disappointing. It was another game, we discussed this with numerous fans beforehand, that we're taking good numbers and there's the opportunity there to 
make an absolute racket and to really like send out a message to other clubs but we just didn't do that we we bottled it under the you know the fact that we had all that, those fans there and we just didn't turn up at all obviously that scoreline reflects um you know completely how we played we were just all over the place we didn't look like the team that had just come off an unbelievable comeback from the week before and just a team that wasn't you know showing the characteristics that a usual Dave Challenger team would have it it was really really disappointing and I think one key point I want to bring out from this is that the week before we came out second half and we were passing it around at the back and Northampton weren't pressing us. So, you know, we it looked good, yes, but perhaps we did get away with it a bit there. Against a team that presses like Leighton Orient when we're trying to play good football out the back, you just don't do that. It, it, you would have thought we would have learned from the first goal and the second goal that the way we were set up and the way that we were playing it out from the back every single time wasn't working and that, you know, that Leighton Orient had clocked onto that and, and surely, this is one of the weird things, surely DC would have seen that and, and forced a change like he did the week before. For me, it was just a performance that really lacked character, that really disappointed the huge travelling numbers. Do you have anything to add, add on this, Davo? Oh, I think you've you've capped it off there well there. Um, I, what I will say is a positive. I thought for, for about 15 minutes, I, I thought the game was pretty even. I thought, you know, we, we, we weren't exactly competing well, but we were competing, you know, the ball. We were working it up towards their half, but it was as if as soon as they scored after 20 minutes, that was it. It was just complete heads off. And it was capitulation, you know, and I think... I dread to think if there was more time, I dread to think would they have got six, would they have got seven, but, you know, I think the performance, the manner of it, I think really just reflects the situation of the week. And I know we're going to talk about it later, whether or not it did have an impact, I don't know. But at the end of the day, like you say, we've seen some pretty, like you say, some horrid goals in that game. <clears throat> and it's amazing because I don't believe... The challenger we know, I don't believe, would have sat, sat for that. And I think something would have been said. Like you say, you know, mistakes from... I, you play bad as a team, I don't like to, to pick out what players. But when, you know, you've got people like Mitchell kicking it out straight to a late Orient player, it's like, you know, you say something, don't you? When you see it happening again and again, you say something and, you know, you try to make a change, even if it's just, you know, even if it is just kicking it up, you don't kind of just sit back and just say, keep doing it, keep doing it. So... It was frustration, frustrating, sorry, to see it. But like I say, I think given what's happened following that, I think I'd rather just live and forget. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed this numerous times throughout that we stayed down in London and throughout the stay after the game. We talked about the fact whether the players knew anything of the situation developing prior to that game. It's a difficult one. We don't know the ins and outs. We weren't involved in the dressing room, of course, or anything like that. And I don't want to say too much, but it, it did certainly seem, and I know we, we agreed on this, that it was as if the players had been told, DC's leaving after this game, whether or not you win or lose. And it was kind of seemed like a bit of a protest. Um, you know, I may just be thinking up ideas here and jumping to conclusions, but that's certainly 
what it felt like. Um, obviously, what developed hasn't been ideal. Um, there was no communication from DC um, in terms of a statement on the night that he left, but he has since spoken to BBCT Sport, and I'll just I'll just read out the statement here. So, reads Pulley's, I'm not going to use this message to throw mud at anyone or point score, nor am I going to attempt to justify the really tough decision I've had to make. Hopefully in time, the truth and the real facts will come out that may help you understand more why I made that decision. The connection I had with you was special and I can understand the disappointment you're currently feeling. I hope that in time you can recognise and reflect positively on the special experiences and success we've shared over the past two years. June the 20th, 2021 is a day that will live with me for the rest of my life, as will the weeks following that. I'll always look back in pride at playing a part and getting the club back where it belongs. There are some good people at the club who really care for it and I know that will remain. I just wanted to thank all you supporters, volunteers, playing and management staff for the role they play. I appreciate it more than you can ever imagine. Remember, it's your club and that will never change. Never say die, Dave Chalner. I mean, from reading that, one thing that I want to make clear is that there's always two sides to a story. Um, everyone is going to have their own opinions and I'm sure that'll come out, you know, when we speak to the guests that we've got coming on, but also having read numerous feeds and numerous comments on Twitter. We, I agree with everyone. I all understand that we're so frustrated, we're so disappointed that a man that, you know, we adored so much for the job that he'd done at the club, it's come to this. Um, personally, I don't agree with abusing um, Kate Chandler. I know there were tweets sent to her um, and the family as well. I, I don't think that's got anything to do with her. Um, but I've also just got to say that we've got to remember the job, job that Dave did. You know, he got us back from being in the National League where we we're kicking the bottom out. We weren't going anywhere. We were going to teams that we never, ever want to go to again and not even turn up at some of them. And he changed that. He brought back belief. He, he reunited the town and the fans and he did so much good for the club. And I just think that that's so important that we remember that, that what he has done, he's got us back in the Football League. Um, I'm, as I've said, I'm with everyone on this. I'm extremely disappointed, absolutely gutted that he's left the club. Um, we'll never really know the full truth, I don't think, as these with these situations. It's not something that usually gets fully explained. There'll be different stories from different sides. Obviously, that statement's come out from DC, and it's quite evident there that he's perhaps making a point to, about Raj. Um, and then obviously, there's this interview coming up with Raj in the near future. Um, that'll be interesting to see what he has to say, but. As I've said, and I'm sure you're going to touch on now when I ask your opinion, Davo, it's extremely disappointing that he's gone. It's extremely sad the way in which he's gone because, you know, we were hoping that he'd be going on to something bigger and better and he'd be leaving in a positive light. Unfortunately, he's gone down to a club in the National League who spend a lot of money, but let's be perfectly honest, are going to struggle if they do not get up on this financial fair play. So, yeah. You know, it's a really sad one from my side. Davo, do you have anything to add about the statement or how it played out? I think firstly, I've tried very hard over the last week to try and comprehend and trying to just to basically try and get a grasp of what's gone on. Obviously, 
that is difficult because of what you've just said, because there is very little information at the moment to suggest why. Initially, I was very angry at the way it happened because it just it came across as if it was Dave Chalner. He wanted to go. And at the time that hurt because there was some there was something special here. He the connection he had with the fans, I think, is something that is in in my time sport and pearls, I think it's timeless. I've never seen it, and I don't think I'll ever see it again. He, the fans themselves, I think, would walk through fire for the guy. I think so. That was my initial thought, but obviously, as I've sat back through the week, and obviously more information's come to light. Obviously, it, it is very, very apparent from from Kate's tweet initially that she tweeted, and obviously from this statement that I've that, that you've just read. It is very apparent that there is more to it. Um, like you say, hopefully we can find out more in this interview that's going to air very soon with Raj Singh. Whether it, not, it does or not remains to be seen. But look, it is disappointing. I'm not going to lie. I think but all we can do now is move on. I think it's important that we thank Dave. Like you've said, he was brought in to get pulls up. And he did that in his first full season on a limited budget and did so without question. So I think it's just important now that we continue to back the boys as we have done all season, continue to back Anthony Sweeney until the new managers come in. And obviously the same goes, obviously, when whoever the new appointment is, we continue to back them and hope that at some point in the future, um, you know, answers will come to light. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. And, you know, as sad and as angry as we were when we initially um, saw that he was leaving, I know that came out Sunday evening um, just as we were about to get the train back up north. And, you know, it. there were so many questions going through my head. Why does he want to leave a club with such an amazing following? Why does he want to leave a club that's potentially going to go on to League One in the very near future? You know, the way we're pushing up that league and it's all... It's just, as I said, it's all really sad that it's, it's come about how it has. And obviously, there's a lot of emotion around the place at the minute. So, fingers crossed, some answers will come out in the near future. Um, but as you've said, we just want to thank Dave for the job that he did in getting us back to the Football League. And we march on, we go again. Let's keep getting behind the lads as ever and just keep this journey going. Well, Ben, welcome back onto the podcast for your second appearance. Firstly... We've taken a look at the statement on BBC T's earlier on. The big question, I guess, is do you think it was solely financial influenced his move? I, I think I think it was, you know, the, the majority of it was financially based. Um, there's no there's no secret that Stockport have uh, a lot more money than us. Um, so, it, you know, the, the wages they'd be offering, I think anyone would 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 uh, would be thinking of it, but. Reading between the lines of, of Dave's statement, it's hard to know what to believe. And the reason I say that is because 38 days before he left, he signed a three-year contract. And, and, and that, you know, for, for that to happen for a long-term contract and then to suddenly want to leave, something drastic must have happened. If, if it did at all, I mean, we, we don't know what the facts are, but I mean... Something drastically must have happened if, if he is saying it wasn't all financial. And I, I I feel personally, and others may disagree, I feel personally that Dave owes us that explanation, as in what 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 happened. You know, call call 
you know, if Raj has done something, call him out. Explain that the fan is your decision because, yes, you know, the state, we, we know he's, he's gone for more money and, and, you know, he used to play for the club and all of that. But you, you don't, in a normal world, you don't leave so suddenly after signing a, a long term contract. It, it, it's, it's difficult for me to believe. So I think, I think the majority of it is financial. Yeah, obviously, you know, my head has been generally baffled trying to, you know, come to grips and basically trying to get an understanding of what's gone on. I think initially my thoughts were exactly the same. It's money, you know, someone had told me a figure of around £6,000 a week. I don't know how true that is. I'm not interested, really. But I think after, you know, seeing these tweets these last couple of days, I generally am on the page that there is more to it. And like you've said... I think it's going to be difficult for him just to come straight out and say, you know, this is what's wrong. This is what's happened. Because obviously, you know, it's it's already a mess as it is without him coming out and staring the pot. So, you know, the only thing we can kind of hope is that this interview that's going to happen with Raj Singh brings more answers. Whether it does or not remains to be seen. We can only hope, really. Yeah. Um, but on that, do you think going forward, you know, how does the momentum go? Do we, do we halt? Do we kind of feel sorry for ourselves or do you think this is going to bring out the best in us? I, I think I think the momentum will carry on. Um, there's no reason why not. The, as much as we criticised, as much as we've criticised Dave for the decisions he's made and, and, and everything else and how he's gone about it, the one thing that we do have to be thankful for, even if we say it in gritted teeth, the one thing we do have to be thankful for is what he has done for this football club. You know, before he came around, he, before he came, sorry, he, you know, we, we were, out of all, we were all sorts, you know, all over the place. And, you know, he's come in, steadied the ship, turned it around, got it in the right direction, but crucially got the positive vibe back in the football club, which has been missing for years. Um, and, I, you know, I cannot remember a time when I've felt so much positivity in, in, the, in the Vic. So, you know, for all Pulse supporters listening to this now, I, I feel it's our job to you know to carry on that positive uh, feeling in Victoria Park. It is our job to still uh, continue to to um, to cheer the team, continue that positivity. You know, we've we've got Sweeney's interim who who you know, and, and to be fair, in that sense, from a player's perspective, no, nothing changes. I don't think. So there's no reason why we can't carry on that momentum, can't carry on that positivity, and but but that's thing. Whoever comes in needs to you know needs to sort of engage with that positivity as well be, be engage with the fans etc so yeah I, I'm absolutely positive that we can continue this this positive momentum going forward yeah I think a key thing that you mentioned there was us as fans our responsibility you know we have been there through all the bad times we've been there through the good times that we've just had with Dave and this doesn't have to stop no one is bigger than the football club. As much as I love Dave Chalent, no one is bigger than Hartlepool United Football Club. And we will be there week in, week out, whether Dave Chalent's in charge or not, we'll still be backing the boys. And I think you've made a brilliant point there. We have to continue doing that. And I know that it will happen because we've got the brilliant movement from the northwest corner, the atmosphere they bring. But I just want to touch on that. It's not just the northwest corner. And I know the northwest corner said this in the interview that we did a couple of weeks ago. The whole ground is getting involved now. And it's absolutely vital that they continue doing that because good times will continue. You know, we we are on the up. We've got a team that has real talent. 
and when they're playing at the best, we can beat anyone on their day. Absolutely, and and also two other things as well. That that's made people travel in numbers. You know, we're we're, we're taking eight hundred Oldham, uh, eight hundred fifty or so to Tranmere. I think. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, we, we we took over. You know, just under seven hundred to Orient. You know, I, I know I know many people. I'm, I'm a member of the uh, Southeast Poly Supporters Group when I when I lived when I lived down south, and um, I I know nearly all of them went to Orient, you know, as their first sort of local London day or Sutton on a Tuesday night was, but that was their first sort of local to them Saturday game. So they flocked there because they wanted to experience it. And yeah, it, it, it's brought up, it's just brought that positivity in and, and we need to, we need to ensure that that continues. Otherwise we'll very quickly fall into the depths of, or you know, potentially could fall into the depths of what happened before where one bad result and it, 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 it goes back to how it was before, and we cannot, we cannot let that happen. Yeah, that's that's bang on. And even taking over a thousand to Salford as well. These performances yep. haven't been fantastic away from home. Bradford on a Tuesday night, we took, I think, about seven hundred. Um, but back towards the managerial appointments and moving forward, who would you like to see coming in? Someone. It's, it's going to sound a bit weird, but so, someone that shares the same sort of passion as you know as uh, as Dave Challen had, you know, someone with the same connectivity with the fans. Um, I, I've seen that Andy Woodman is is currently the favourite, and and I, I do think from a football footballing perspective, he will be very good. He's got Bromley playing very well um, on a on a fairly average ish budget for the National League. Um, he's that he seems like one of those that that you know talks firm. Um, it's, it's whether he'd come this far north, I guess. Um, initially, I wanted people. I wanted someone like Mike Flynn, um, but again, I, I think the same sort of. Would you want to come? Would you want to come north? In fairness, I mean, I, I don't really mind who it is, but they 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 just need to carry on that level of engagement with the fans that that, that Dave Challoner did. Um, so yeah, we just need to, yeah, just just need need to carry on. But also we can't write out we can't write off Swe- uh, Sweens either. I think uh, he, he's I know he dismissed it in his interview of the day, but I think deep down he's probably thinking he's ready for the role. And I think I think the fans would be welcome to him as well. Well, Ben, thanks for joining us once again and giving us your wonderful thoughts and insight. We look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thank you very much for having me. Interesting to hear what Ben had to say as ever, uh, wasn't it, Jack? I mean, what were your thoughts on his choice of appointment? And also, was it really all about money or do you think there was more to it than that? Well, you know, we've discussed this off air, on air, um, in terms of... The money thing, I'm not going to keep going over it. There's clearly more to it than meets the eye, and I think that's got to be remembered. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to get the complete story, I don't think. But on his choice of appointment, I think, you know, he mentioned Mike Flynn, he mentioned um, Woodman, who, funnily enough, will come on mm-hmm. to it. You know, are two of my choices that I'd like to see take the reins, and um, two managers that have got good experience. But I'll touch on that later. I think I'd agree with what he had to say in general. I think it'd be sensible appointments but he made a very good point about whether they'd move north I guess it all depends how much money Raj is willing to put behind it and the infrastructure that whether he's satisfied with that I know that's something that um, DC touched on when he's moved to Stockport 
the second guest who was making his first appearance onto the podcast is Mike Driver. Welcome onto the podcast, Mike. Firstly, we have just had a chat with Ben about the future appointments, etc. Before we ask you for yours, could you see Sweeney taking the reins on a long-term basis? Um, no, I couldn't because, to be honest, I, I've heard from a few people and in my own opinion, I don't think it's something he's really interested in doing. I think he's quite happy being involved in the coaching on the grass and would he really want to risk souring his relationship with the Pools fans if did go south with the managerial job? Yeah, I think that's a good point that you make there. You know, he's someone who the fans adore. He's someone who we want to be involved in the club. And whether that, you know, he's going to be a manager in future years, I could see that myself. But, you know, it's all about him developing the coaching side of things at the moment. I mean, it's interesting to hear what you had to say about it. But who can you see, you know, coming and moving forward? Who can you see coming into the club? Um. Well, off the top of my head, I've got two sort of standout candidates. One of them's one which Ben's previously mentioned, and Andy Woodman was obviously doing. I was looking earlier at his stats. Uh, I think he's lost four games as Bromley manager. He's got a win percentage of fifty nine percent, which is and he's doing it arguably on a smaller budget than what he'd have at Hartlepool to obviously develop his squad. But it's the whole will he come up north again? Because I'm not sure if you've. Uh, Seen the Under the Cosh podcast, he sort of half dismisses taking over at Hartlepool and back. He said it's either Sunderland, which he's never going to go after doing the Newcastle gig, and then Hartlepool. But a lot of it, he's also recently, I've, I've given him a quick Google, he's been linked with jobs such as Charlton and Portsmouth, which on paper are arguably a bigger draw and a lot closer to where he currently lives. Yeah, obviously, I think, it go, again, it goes back to what Jack previously said, doesn't it, about, you know, will there be enough enticement, i.e. salaries, w- wages, what, etc. you know, basically. Um, but moving forward, I mean, what are your thoughts about momentum? Obviously, this is, like, huge. Obviously, Dave Challenger's had a lot of respect from players, staff, fans. I mean, do you see this effect now with momentum going forward, or do you think this is just something that can be kind of easily put, put aside? <sighs> I don't think it can be easily put aside because it's there's a cosmic style shift in the philosophy of the club in a way, since that Dave done things his way, where the new bloke, we talk about Andy Woodman, Andy Woodman's quite like a jovial, laughy, jokey character, where Dave Chalner was the polar opposite in some ways. It was straight talk and he'd called, we all see now he called Will Goodwin out of a week in the media. And it'd be hard to gorge momentum, I think, like, the fans, especially like the northwest corner and stuff, are going to be massive in keeping that going. Because our most important thing for me this season is to win as many home games as possible. This doesn't mean we can lose every away game, but that's where the majority of our points will come from this season. So in terms of momentum, I think it can either continue on an upward trajectory, but not in the same way it previously was, or it can and just fall off cliff edge. We don't know if the next manager coming in is going to be a success or he's just going to land on his backside. Yeah, I think all the points that you make there are extremely relevant. Well, thank you for coming on, um, Mike. Really appreciate you giving some of your time and also giving us some of your thoughts. Yeah, no worries.
Our final guest on this episode is Matty Morris. You're on with ourselves a couple of weeks back for the special feature with the Northwest Corner when we were discussing how much we'd love to have Dave in charge in 2026 and even some of past displays such as Long Live the King. Everyone has a different opinion, viewpoint on how it's played out, but it would be great to hear how you saw it all play out and what you thought of the situation. Yeah, look, I think um, looking back to the podcast, I think we were sat here what, two weeks ago now, uh, before Harrogate, and we were, we were still wanted Dave in charge in 2026 and didn't see this coming at all. Um, it came an absolute mile off, I guess, but I think um, how it's played out, it's not probably the, in the best light for, for Dave and his reputation for the club. Um, and probably what he's done at the club as well is probably a little bit tarnished from uh, from my perspective. Um, I think from from reading his uh, his interviews with Stockport and the statement that he's released last night that um, he was very clear on Saturday in his interview post Orient that he hadn't been approached, um, but it came out that he was approached on Friday, um, which which has been really sort of confirmed by himself. Um, would that could that have had potentially had an effect on on the game at Orient potentially? Um, it's not. I, I personally think it did. Um, in his post match conference or his post match interview, he never once mentioned fans. He never he never mentioned anything about that. And uh, speaking to lads that were there, it was almost like it was a goodbye from him at that point. Um, and his mind potentially could have been made up at that stage. I think from his perspective, if somebody was to offer you um, W wages, so to speak, um, in another job, you are going to go and do that. I do get that. Um, but I think the way that it's uh, he's conducted himself and it's been uh, played out is really disappointing. Um, from, from my point of view, uh, you look back in the summer, we we had resort to who obviously moved on to uh, to Mansfield, um, and and Chalmer publicly outed him um, for going for more money and and not fancying his chances and things like that. So, uh, and he's he's done exactly the same. Uh, in, in in my eyes, I think uh, a little bit of, well probably a lot of respect's been lost for Dave. Um, the way that it's the way that's been handled and. What six seven weeks ago today he uh, he signed a three year deal with us and we all know that that took time to get over the line and reading between the lines from from me is that um, was he holding out for for one of these jobs coming up be that Wrexham um potentially and Stockport where he would have got some more money um, and then you look at what he's achieved at HUFC and. Um, the way that I've seen it was that he would have um, been moving up the pyramid, not down the pyramid. Um, I, if if Dave was to uh, get us in the playoffs, then there would have been Championship League One clubs come sniffing. Um, but for him to drop down to the National League, where he he publicly said that he wanted to be a football league manager, is really disappointing from my point of view. Um, the connection that he did have with the fans um, was second to none, absolutely. Um, but now I look back uh, from my point of view and say, did it was it actually a true reflection of, of him? Did he actually have that real relationship with the club um, and with the supporters? Is what he's saying because for him to leave um, at the drop of a hat doesn't suggest so from my eyes. Um, but look, I think um, what's happened has now happened. Um, 
and we we have to move on from that. Uh, we need to move on very quickly, and uh, that's probably why we uh, we did a little banner on on Monday night uh, when it was confirmed around around greed because ultimately he's left for more money um, in my eyes and in a lot of other people's eyes. He's um, he's he is greedy. Um, and it's not nice to say, but he uh, he's lost a lot of respect from uh, from me, and I would imagine from a lot of supporters. And then again, look, we can't take away what he achieved at the club. He did get us back to the football league, and the times that we had under him were uh, were fantastic, and some of the best football I've seen at the Vic. And I don't want to take that away, and I do want to remember that. But uh, the way that he's left it is uh, isn't uh, isn't the right way. Uh, I would have liked to him to have left it. Um, if he'd have came out publicly and said, listen, I'm getting more money um, elsewhere, um, it's a better opportunity for me and my family, then uh, people probably would have would have said, yeah, okay, but it, it wasn't that. Um, it's been a lot of finger pointing, um, I guess, to uh, to Raj, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, looking at his statements and, and what he released last night with, uh, with BBCTs, I think it was. Um, saying that, uh, well, he, I think he publicly thanked everybody but Raj, um, which does suggest that he uh, he's had some sort of bust up with him. Um, but again, if if it's investment that he was looking for, we need we also need to remember that what six seven years ago, whenever it was, we uh, we nearly went out of business and uh, our football club was in a lot of debt. And uh, what Raj has done for for us is uh, get us back to a place where we're a stable football club that's. Maybe making a bit of a loss, but actually is uh, is succeeding, and it does feel like off the pitch we are uh, building a better business uh, for for the future. Yeah, I mean that's that's a you know a very good analysis of the situation, you know. And I was just about to touch on to the um, to the whole Raj thing because obviously you made some very valid points, like I've said. But obviously, in the last couple of days, it has point. It's become more apparent that there is more to it than just Raj saying, uh, sorry, Dave Chandler, sorry, just sacking off the job and, and taking what what could be apparently a 6k a week job um but interestingly there was remarks made in this interview he did for stockport you know he made a remark about picking things up that managers shouldn't do i mean is there anything to worry about i mean should we be worried about what's going on behind the scenes as fans personally look i think um what he's uh, what he's gone to at Stockport isn't in a, a lot of football clubs. So um, him coming out and saying oh, he doesn't have a chef, he, he didn't have this and he didn't have that. That's uh, that's not reality. We're not in the uh, we're not in the Premier League. We're not in the Championship. And um, time to time, coaches, managers, whatever that is, does have to muck in. Um, and if he has to uh, set the corns out. Or if he has to uh, carry the balls in, then uh, so be it. Is uh, is the way I'm at with it, and uh, I need to suck it up and get on with it because you're not going to find many clubs, both in League Two uh, and definitely not in National League, where you uh, you get everything done for you. Yeah, point well made. Uh, moving on from that, we've asked everyone this: but do you think this whole momentum going forward or, or, or not? Look, I think um, from a momentum point of view. Um, Sort of looked at it and thought, momentum, really? Do we have momentum? Because um, our away form is absolutely shocking. And uh, if Dave hadn't put the run together at home that he has, would he actually be in a job at HFC? Because 
some of the away performances are absolutely appalling. Um, and been to quite a few games myself, and um, the team that plays at Victoria Park, to where a team plays um, away from home, is uh, is absolute chalk and cheese. So, uh, from a momentum point of view, uh, I don't think it would stop any momentum if we've got any momentum. I think our home performances won't drop. Um, because I solely believe that the home performances are down to the fans, the atmosphere, and the players like playing in front of it. Um, and look, I think we also need to remember that uh, Tony Sweeney, who is obviously in caretaker charge, is um, does a lot for the football club. And um, knowing a little bit more, knowing obviously uh, knowing John and um, the the, uh, the things that he says is that we're we're in great hands with Sweeney and. Um, Swings does a lot of stuff. He sets up the sessions, and he, he said that today in his interview that he uh, he sets up the sessions, and um, he would almost feedback to Dave of this is what I think we should work on um, and put it into practice. So, from a momentum point of view, no, I don't think we're going to lose any if we do have any. Uh, do I con- do I look at the uh, the home performances to stay the same? I absolutely do. Um, and you look at tomorrow's game being the uh, the, the the ultimate test, really, um, and probably the hardest game of the season on paper um, playing against Wickham who were I think fourth in League One uh, absolutely flying so uh, yeah that's where I'm at with it I think that's you know really good points you made there about momentum I think personally looking at it a lot of it comes from as you've said the fans at home we you know the atmosphere that we've got there now sets the tone every single week we know what's going to happen um, away from home we've had Amazing followings, but performances do not match that at all, apart from Bradford. Um, so to look at it at a different angle like you have done in terms of whether we've got any momentum is a really good way to look at it. Um, I know you've mentioned about Sweens there and, and what he does for the club, the good he does for the club. I've also seen that interview this morning about you know what he actually is involved in on the training ground. And I think that's you know, a big a big sign. And I think he's definitely a coach to develop. I'm not sure whether now is the time for him to be the full-time manager. Um, but he's certainly someone I want to see in the dugout for the, you know, for the future and potentially as the actual full-time manager role in future years to come. So just kind of relating to that, is there anyone in, in mind that you have who you'd like to really see in the dugout when the next appointment is made? Yeah, look, Jack, I think um, from a point of view of Sweeney, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I wouldn't want Sweeney in charge um, because Sweeney has been at this, the club for however long. Uh, he's been there since probably youth team and he's done a fantastic job both as a player and a coach and when he stepped in as assistant or um, caretaker manager previously to Chalna, um, I would love to see him stay at the club uh, and I definitely don't want him to get the position, not because I don't think he's capable but I just don't want him to uh, to tarnish his um, his reputation that he's got at the club if things didn't work out. I think, um, for me, we've got... Well, there's, there's three that I would love to uh, to see at, see at the Vic. So I think Andy Woodman, who's at, um, who's at Bromley, who's done a fantastic job there. I think I was reading a stat that he's, he's uh, lost four in about 28. Um, and I know that plastic pitch down there... Um, does probably uh, does help that, but he uh, he's done a fantastic job going in there. I remember when he first got appointed, uh, and I think the sack the manager was doing pretty well, and 
people were uh, raising their eyebrows, but he's, he's really stepped up to the challenge there. I think he's, uh, he's also got a good connection with the North East, being uh, he was at Newcastle as goalkeeper coach for a long time as well. Um, and his son's at Newcastle, um, Freddie. So I think there'll be connections there with, uh, with the North East. Um, I think the second choice for me is Pete Wilde at, at Halifax. Who's, uh, who's, done a, who's done an amazing job again on a shoestring budget, which we, uh, we're almost in that similar position. Um, and he, uh, he can work and develop players to, uh, to push them on. And in the, I think he's been there two years, or this might be his second season. Um, he's done a great job. Uh, and I think him coming up would again would be another, another great appointment. And I think finally, to look, it's a, it's a long shot, but Mike Flynn from, um, who was at Newport, is... Uh, Again, someone who is um, experienced in this league um, and has done a, a very good job at Newport. And I know he's been, uh, I know he's not been there for a while, but if we were to attract him, that would be uh, that would be very good. And I know he's probably got uh, Cardiff sniffing around now. They're managerless, but uh, they would be my three um, three people I would like to see at the Vic. Well, thanks for coming on once again, Marty. It's been really interesting to hear from you and your perspective on all things pools. So we have just heard from all of our guests and obviously, you know, it goes out saying it's probably right that we give our opinions on the matter. So I will start with you, Jack. Is there anyone in mind that you'd like to see in charge of pools in the future? Yeah, there's a couple of options for me. Um, let's start with Andy Woodman, who's currently in the National League with Bromley. Um, he's doing a great job, isn't he? He's, I think, the fourth at the minute um, in the league. Seems seen a couple of interviews um, on Twitter and stuff doing around since um, these. This has come to light, you know, DC leaving. So um, he's got a lot of character. He's obviously not got a lot of money down there. Um, so I think that's a perfect fit, if you ask me, because DC didn't have an endless pot of money, did he? Um, so Andy Woodman would be an option, a very good option for myself. But personally, and I would love to see him in charge of polls is Michael Flynn, the ex-Newport boss. He, he's done a brilliant job there. Um, you know, numerous FA Cup runs. He's kept them in the league. He's turned them into quite a successful League Two side as well. I know he left, I think it was about a month or so ago. Um, so he, he's certainly someone that I would like to see um, in the Pulls dugout, I think, you know, he's a manager who's got plenty of football league experience, which is what we need. Um, and I think he's a good fit for the club. Um, obviously, there's loads of names flying around at the minute and we'll see what eventually develops. But for myself, it'd be Andy Woodman or Michael Flynn, but preferably Michael Flynn. I don't know what you think about that, Dara. Um, I'd be lying if I said I knew because I don't. Obviously, you, you know, you never prepare for a moment like this. And especially after DC obviously signed the new deal. Obviously, we think or we thought we would, you know, we had security. Um, Michael Flynn, I think, like you said, would be an, an absolutely great appointment. Um, I don't think it would happen, in my opinion. Um, there was talk of him getting the Cardiff job, whether or not that comes to fruition is another matter. Um, Andy Woodman, like you've said, um, seemingly did a good job uh, last season with Bromley. He guided them to the playoffs, where seemingly they got beat off us at Victoria Park in the Eliminator. Um, and like you say, it started well with them this season, getting them fourth. Um, I think 
I've always liked Pete Wilde, the Halifax manager. Um, he, you know, I think he's always had them playing decent-ish football. I think with maybe a good squad, with a good core of players, he might do a good job. So I would never say no to Pete Wilde. But, you, you know, apart from that, I, I really would like to say... It was interesting, actually, the other day to see um, Fabrizio Ravinelli linked with the job. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, I don't think he'd get the job, and nor really do I think I would want him there. Obviously, if you look at his record, I think that would probably explain why I wouldn't want him at Pools. But for me, I'd probably say Pete Wilde or Andy Woodman. And on that, we now proceed to preview tomorrow's game against Wickham in the FA Cup. Um, Wickham do travel up to the northeast following a really strong start to life back in League One. They currently sit fourth place, three points behind the leaders, Wigan. In the last eight games, they've taken 17 points, winning five, drawing two and losing one, with their most recent outing being a shock 4-1 defeat away at Ipswich on Tuesday night just gone. Their top goal scorer this term is Gareth McCleary with five goals and an assist from 13 games. And finally, the last match between the two sides saw Pearls defeated 2-0 at home after goals from Akin Fenwa and Paris Cohen Hall. Yeah, thanks, Davo. It's going to be a difficult game tomorrow. No one is doubting that. Um, hopefully, there'll be plenty in the Vic to see um, the game. And, and fingers crossed, you know, it'd be brilliant to get a positive result against an extremely solid side who, as you said, have just come down from the Championship and finding the feet back in League One. I'm going to go with a prediction here, right? And I'm going to say it's a difficult one because we're so good at home. I'm confident that we can hold our own, but over, you know, whether we would take a replay um, and play back at Adams Park or not, who knows? But I'm I'm going to back pulls um, just based on recent home form, well, recent home form that's gone for months and months and months. Um, and I'm going to go with Pulls sneaking a 2-1 win. don't know what you have to say about that, Davo, but I'm just going to be confident. I'm going to back the boys as ever, and fingers crossed we'll be in the next round of the FA Cup. Well, you know, I, I, I always like to think like that, possibly, and like you say, we're good at home. Um, it's difficult because, obviously, they're scoring goals. Um, we're scoring goals at home. Honestly, I think I'm going to go Hartlepool 1, Wickham 1, and a replay will follow, in my opinion. Interesting. I mean, it is true what you say. We've got to remember they're a very good team that have just come down from the Championship. However good we are at home, it's going to be a real challenge, and it'll be interesting to see how the boys react, especially after what's gone on recently. But that concludes everything for today's episode. Big shout out to the three guests for appearing on today and uh, whilst you're at it you can check out our page at HFC chat on Twitter, Hartlepool United News on Facebook here's to more successes both on and off the pitch, keep the faith never say die and as ever back the boys
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.